हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट थ्री कंटेक्सुअल डायमेंशंस ऑफ डेमोक्रेटिक डिसेंट्रलाइजेशन सोशल इकोनॉमिक एंड जोग्राफिकल एंड आवर टॉपिक इज इश्यूज बिफोर स्टेट फाइनेंस कमीशंस The state finance commissions have a crucial role to play in making institutions of local self-governance vibrant bodies by recommending resources in consonance with the functional allocations. Since they are in the process of developing recommendations, it may be pertinent to identify the issues which are the important. like how far is the distinction between the plan and non plan funds justifiable especially in the context of division of finances how should the state taxes toll etc divisible between the state and local bodies be identified should such division take place tax wise either on the basis of origin of collection or a formula should all state taxes etc identified for such division be pooled and devolved on local bodies on the basis of a formula should the net proceeds of all taxes tolls forming what may be called the global income of the state be divided between the state government and the local bodies on the basis of a formula if the net proceeds are to be distributed how to identify the shares of the state and the local bodies on what basis should be the proceeds be divided between the urban and rural local bodies what should be the basis for the vertical division between the three tiers of the panchayati raj and also the division between the different types of urban local bodies takes place if the division was to be on the basis of a formula then how to work out a reasonably good formula professor m a omen suggested that the finance commission should consider the following criteria while recommending the transfer of resources the first is autonomy the sense of decentralization is self rule and autonomy the transfer mechanism in no way should result in a dependency syndrome fiscal discipline and own resource mobilization is the key to autonomy the second is equity the well known dictum of equity for example from each according to one's need is relevant in considering resource mobilization and intergovernmental resource transfer as well it should be noted that panchayats at all levels are very unequal in size resources and development attainments given the extreme regional disparities decentralization in such conditions can produce the desired results third is predictability 
the pri should know the amount and timings of the transfer to make provision for planning budgeting and implementation of their activities irregular payments are not conducive to efficiency quite often it happens that allocations may not even be paid resulting in overdue which eventually may be permanently lost to them the fourth is efficiency the resource transfer should be so designed as to facilitate efficient management and the discourse discourage inefficient and uneconomic practices the transfer mechanism should not turn out to be a gap filled approach and the fifth is absorptive capacity the resource transfer should be in tune with the utilization ability which include availability of personnel of the receiving panchayat and sixth is simplicity the formula for transferring the intergovernmental resources should be simple and transparent and the seventh is promotion of incentives there should be adequate built-in arrangement for encouraging resources mobilization and the penalizing wasteful and uneconomic practices thus there is an imperative need for the philosophy of decentralization penetrating from the center to the states the freedom and autonomy of pri cannot be maintained only by political decentralization although it is essential and it must proceed amit vardhan has rightly pointed out that the problems pertaining to panchayat raj finance which need to be examined in detail because lack of will ability to impose taxes taxes in general are compulsory payments for which no direct quid pro quo can be established on the part of the tax imposing authority the tendency is to evade paying them and hence the need arises for tax enforcement machinery no such machinery is available to pri they do not have the wherewithal to take action against those who, who do not pay their taxes moreover potential taxpayer form the upper economic crust of the village population these are typically powerful segments from which tax collection is an uphill task poor financial position of the states as regards granting aid being provided by state governments it has to be borne in mind that the state government finances are themselves in a shambles they have been running into huge budget deficits for years for years together the next point is tax base is narrow the tax base in the form of property profession income and vehicle is itself not very wide given the low standards of rural living although with time poverty ratio has declined 
yet the improvement in incomes and property has not reflected in substantial increases in tax collection by PRIs. The populist tendency of the state and PRI prevent a scientific revision of rates of taxes. The second is unfavorable attitude of states. It is commonly perceived that state governments have not given their due. There are countless instances of PRIs not having been constituted or superseded or not given sufficient powers and authority to enable them to carry out their functions in any meaningful manners. The unfavorable attitude manifests itself in the merger amounts given to PRI by state governments. The third is absence of rural industries. PRI raises fund through local enterprises, however, there are very limited in number and scope. Serious efforts have not been made to establish small-scale units on a cooperative base to manufacture products based on local resources or to go in for agro-based enterprises because of lack of rural industrialization there is not much scope for high taxation and then next is apathy for the village community involvement of the village community is very essential for the successful functioning of the pri there has been sadly missing this reflects itself in the low amount of voluntary contributions that are made to PRI funds. In order to ensure the safeguard, the financial autonomy of PRI, they should be freed from relying on the united funds and encouraged to take to in innovative resource mobilization such as generation of income from entrepreneurial activities, protect tied loans, people contribution, tax sharing, tax assignments, matching grant incentives for tax collection, etc. In sum, it may be argued that the success of the local bodies in India will largely depend upon the extent to which allocation of functions is matched with the resources within the principle of financial autonomy. Transfer of resources on the basis of the recommendations of the State Finance Commission provides only one of the recommendations of the State Finance Commissions provides only one of the alternatives. In view of the decline financial situation of the state government, this measure is not going to help in a long term perspective. In particular, if the attitudes of the state government is passive, therefore local bodies have to plan for mobilization of internal resources. This process may not be restricted to the level of the villages all across India. If decentralization in India can more easily be achieved from top to bottom, it seems to be logical consequence that the local bodies should ha also have to get organized as a powerful interest group at the national level. 
now let us wind up the session and take rest thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast